do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to another exciting, thrilling, and heart-pounding episode of PHP Radio. I'm your humble host, Rick Grider. As always, I want to thank you for joining us. We have a lot to discuss. Um, this is a very, uh, I will say, unique episode. This is our um, 21st episode that we've been doing, season two. So we're continuing to grow. Uh, we have just today got some new people who want to add in and become part of our program. And we're always excited for that. Um, Discussion, I will tell you, will get kind of heavy today. Um, it, it will show some graphic images. Um, it was a discussion whether these images should be burned out, but I think that for the sake of the conversation, for the conversation to really um, engage and have an effect, then those images need to be shared. Um, because again, these are lives at stake, what we'll be talking about. Uh, this have a real impact, and this conversation needs to be had. Because for a long time, we were told, we've been told over and over again about justice, about the system that it works in this country. We have the best judicial system on this planet. And after this case, after what happened this week, after the footage, after the more information that comes out about the case, that is that can no longer be a valid statement. Um, a conversation needs to be had in this country about our judicial system and this hopefully will be a, a, a at least a channel that that conversation can start. So um, as always, we want to thank you again for being part of the show. Um, and before we get to that conversation, we do have to address, we are in D.C., so we're going to talk a little bit about the stuff that happened um, this week and what's been going on. Um, but again, that is not going to be the main focus of this show, at least not today. So let's go with my take. So... Um, as we all know, our president um, has, at least can we just fully acknowledge, can we finally say now that our president has a hard time telling the truth? Um, why is this continuing to be a surprise to anybody? Why is anybody, I guess in some ways it's not, but the fact that we have to constantly fact check our commander in chief, the fact that we have to constantly bring up you know these facts to the conversation because our president obviously do not have any facts at the table. Um, just today, 
he came out and finally said that there was no tapes as far as his conversation between him and director, former director Comey. This is already known. But for some reason, he wanted to quote unquote rattle his cage um, in order for him for some end goal that I don't even know. The president is a liar. That is just the truth of the matter. The president has a hard time telling the truth. The president showboats. The president exaggerates. But it, this is a problem that somehow it, it's, it's not even surprising anymore. Um, somehow, he, in some ways, he's a distraction. Some ways that he, he can be a, a, a vessel that Republicans can use. First off, he will sign whatever comes across his, his, his desk pretty much. Second off, that the media, the, the liberals, Democrats, everyone's so focused on Russia that things can get squeezed through, um, such as the health care bill that is just almost atrocious, that has a 17-cent approval rating, that has been scored to have an effect of dropping off 23 million people. And for some reason, again, it, it's still numbing to some sort to hear the rhetoric, to hear the things that have gone on. Um, we also had the Alexandria shooting. We also um, have had uh, the rhetoric that sometimes get taken to a proportion that is it, not needed. So uh, hopefully we will learn that push the focus off of Russia. Again, put the focus off of just President Trump and more so to the things that can affect people's lives. We said off the beginning of the season that we're going to shift more from the, 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 the news that the mainstream media is narrating and then give you more information that will be utilized for you. More information that can actually impact your life. And that's going to be something that we actually will try to do. Such as for today. The last thing on President Trump is for Democrats, for liberals, you have to find a way to actually have an alternative narrative. To President Trump, anti-Trump was not is not just gonna is not gonna win you anything. You have to give something for people to stand for. You have to give something for people to fight for. And sometimes the Democrats struggle with that. It happened during the campaign season. People didn't know why they were supporting Hillary Clinton. It was just that she's not Trump. But why am I voting? Why am I standing in the rain? Why am I giving my free time and effort and energy to this person who I will never meet and never get to shake their hand? Why do I support them? Democrats need to find that message and find that narrative and find it quickly because 2018 is coming up. And if you do not stop him there, 2020 might be too late. But that's my take. So pushing on to the main narrative, the main point of view um, that we're here for. And that is conversation between our police force, our judicial system and the different communities that are affected by it. If you're someone that is not in this community, what I'm going to ask you to do is to take yourself out of your scenario. I found in conversations when I was having with friends who are white, or maybe not even, not even white, but just not situated to this, that they think that there's nothing going on. Just because it's not on your Facebook feed, just because it's not on your Twitter, just because it's not on your Instagram, your Snapchat, does not mean it's not happening. There's a problem that we are having in this country and a conversation that needs to be had and that time needs to be now. We need to move past condolences, move past my heartbreak, move past I'm sending prayers and go towards action. Because how many more situations, incidents are we going to have and tolerate before something bubbles up and something boils over to it explodes. 
This is a conversation that we're going to have. So if you're someone that, again, that is not affected by this situation, someone who does not who said that they cannot come to grasp with that, I, I can understand that. But what I'm asking you to do, at least for this hour, is try to put yourself in a minority's shoes. Take what has happened this week and understand that this is not a one-time occurrence. This is not a, oh, it happens oh, every few times. Sometimes this is an everyday situation. This is not just identity politics. This is not somebody who's just trying to play the race card. This is a life or death situation where at any time, at any moment, where if I or if any fellow African American is put in this situation, we may die. That is a truth that we face. You may not face this reality. You may be blessed to not have to face that reality. But just because you don't face it, just because you don't have the hardship, does not mean that the hardship doesn't exist or doesn't, and also does not mean that you get discounted. Just because it doesn't affect you. So this is the reality that we're going to accept. In meaning of for tonight's episode, we come to the debate of a, is this system broken, or is the system just working just fine? My viewpoint, that the system is not broken. I was someone that used to defend our judicial system. Someone that would say that if you just present the evidence, present the facts, that eventually justice will be had. Justice will be seen. I can guarantee it. I no longer can give that guarantee, not in light of this week's ruling. If you wonder what I'm referring to, that is uh, of Mr. Phil. Man who was a school employee. He was someone that actually people would like, that you might like. This man was shot. Five times for doing nothing wrong. Make no misunderstanding. He did everything right. There was literally nothing else that he could do to avoid getting shot. And he still ended up dead. Not only that, but the person who murdered him was found not guilty. We keep asking situations and keep saying that, well, if you, again, present the video footage, you have witnesses, people that can collaborate the story, that justice will be had. This shooting, the aftermath of this shooting, was streamed on Facebook Live, where millions of people could see it. And yet still, This man, the man that murdered Mr. Phil, got off. Not guilty. Oftentimes we hear about, well, what did this man do? What did Phil do to deserve this, right? That's just the storyline we ought to get. Was he a criminal? Was he somebody that was running away from the cops? 
Was he disrespectful? Did you educate the cops? What did he do to deserve? That's often the, the conversation that we have. So let me give you a little bit of background. Again, this picture is from the dash cam. And what had happened was that they were pulled over for a brake light. That's it. A brake light. We shared the, the dash cam footage that got released two days ago. And you can hear them being respectful. The cop walked up, told him what was going on, and then asked to see registration. Mr. Phil's fiance gave her registration. Before Phil pulled out his registration, he let the cop know and said, I'm letting you know I have a firearm in the car. Again, that's what we were told to do. Be respectful, be humble, and be honest with the truth. Phil did every one of those things. Checked every block that is often thrown to us as black people. The cop told him not to pull it out. Phil said, and if you say that, I'm not pulling it out. You asked, he asked for the registration. So he was getting the registration out. Before Phil could utter a second sentence, he was shot five times. Be fully aware that at the same time of this, Phil's fiance and a four-year-old child was also in the car when this cop fired five damn rounds into the car. Not guilty. So again, there was no was he was what, what did he do wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. All the times we tell black people that again, if you just remain calm, the cop will be respectful. You give give the cop his proper respect and let him have control, everything will work out. Just be honest with him. Even if he violates your rights, then eventually, you know, justice will be had if anything is wrong. But again, there was nothing wrong with anything he did. So no longer should we have to tolerate you telling us that, hey, if you just check the block and do A, B, C, and D, this man did A through Z and still ended up dead. And his killer still ended up not guilty. Philip wasn't a criminal. He was a lunch worker. These are pictures from the rally after the shooting. Parents loved him. You don't see any complaints. Kids. Loved him. There were reports that said that, that when, when they was interviewing the people at the school, that Phil actually memorized all the kids' names. Make it personal. And it, it seemingly, by all viewpoints, that he actually took care of his job and actually may have liked his job. reason I'm showing you this is so that again you can have an understanding that this man 
was innocent by all accounts. So that before we start digging up and seeing what he can do wrong, there was nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong. So again, the question is, how many more times do we have to feed this narrative that the justice system is fine, that the judicial system works? How many more people have to get off from shooting somebody before we actually do something? Look at Africa. This system was designed in 1775. Do you honestly want to sit up here and tell me to my face that Thomas Jefferson, the man who had slaves, had my black best interest in heart when he wrote the Constitution? That he had me in mind. That equality was something that was close and dear to his heart. I'm sure it was right after he said three-fifths of blacks. Oh, I'm sorry, three-fifths of, of whites. We are equal to that. So maybe we should stop this falseness of the judicial system works. That again, if you give us the body cam footage, if you give us the, the witnesses, the audio, that eventually justice will be had because justice is blind. And justice just might be blind, but my peers aren't. And when they see a black victim, whether you want to accept this or not, it is automatically assumed that we did something wrong to deserve it. The burden of innocent is on us now. That is the reality that we face every single day. And again, you might not face this reality. But that by no means gives you the right to say that our struggle, our pain doesn't exist. It's not real. It's identity politics. And we're just playing a race card. Because situations like that are not rare. We're told, again, all the things that we need to do to avoid being shot. But let's put this in somebody else's shoes. Let's put this in their fiance shoes. The woman who Facebook streamed this murder right after it happened. Your fiance just got shot five times. You just saw him scream in pain and die. And you still got to be in the mindset that you got to remain calm. Because if you panic, if you shift, if you lose your cool, you will die next. Because this cop has a gun pointed inside your car. 
So if you're married, take a minute and think about your loved one, the, your wife, your husband just got shot five times and you just saw him or her die. Could you remain calm? Do you have that luxury? Because she didn't. If she would have moved, if she would have even tried to hug her fiance's body, that could have been justified that she's reaching for the gun and he could have shot her. That's a reality that somebody just faced. Let's talk about the daughter. Video footage that got released yesterday showed that not only did this cop fire and tie this car five times, not only did he just kill this man, he arrested her and put her in the back seat of the car, cop car. So she's beginning to lose her cool. And her four-year-old daughter, a four-year-old child, has to calm down her mother in fear that her mother will be shot next and killed. Could your four, could you, you think a four-year-old can handle that? That's the burden that she now has. A four-year-old had to try to calm down her mother so that she doesn't die next. How can you, as a human being, how can we, as a country, sit up here and say that our judicial system is right after that? How can we sit up here and say that America is the greatest thing hands down after these flaws? This is what two humans had to deal with after just seeing their loved one die. Could you do that? Could you handle that? This is a fear that every black American has in this country, whether you want to believe it or not. I'm not here to justify anymore. You can say that I'm a supporter of the police force. That is fine. I'm a supporter of the police force. By the same virtue, I also hold that police force to a high standard. Why? Because again, I have to do everything in my power to make sure that you're still in control. Your control, that police officer's control is the number one thing that has to be on my mind. My rights are in second place. My safety is in third. My dignity is in fourth. Because the moment that you lose control, the moment that this cop feels that I am threatening, he can kill me. And all this man or woman has to say is that I fear for my life. And that will give them justice, uh, the justification to do it.
You think I'm exaggerating? That just happened this week. The ruling for that just happened this week. Tamar Rice. Tanja Bland. Walter Scott. So if you want to tell me that these are, are, are rare instances of this, we can have a deep and long conversation about how you might want to reevaluate yourself. Because that's not the reality that we face. Second point. For the, 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 every time that we have this conversation is that we hear about all lives matter and we hear about well, the, people up in protest to counter it. For example, the gun law debate sometimes erupts from this. But that brings in a point of view for another conversation, which is the NRA. This is one of their logos right here. Protect the Second Amendment. Phil was a legal weapon carrier. He had every right to hold that weapon. Yet, he was murdered because of it. Did you hear the NRA account with a statement? Did you hear the outrage over the NRA saying, how dare you shoot somebody for exercising their Second Amendment rights? As of today, there's still nothing from the NRA. Nothing has been said. So, again, should we pretend that the NRA has my best interest in heart? To give you some historical context about the NRA, when the Black Panthers first started forming, and they started advocating for armament themselves, guess who was on the front lines for gun laws? The NRA. So, Let's not pretend anymore that these organizations view us equally because they don't. Government wants to have background checks. They will be all up in arms about that. The government kills a black legal gun owner. Well, that's all for the NRA. The same thing applies to people who love to scream and chant, all lives matter. As if black lives and all lives are two mutually exclusive things. But again, if all lives matter, that means black lives matter. We're part of the all, in case you were confused on that notion. So when you see a black person who's in your view just a person, if you see a person get shot and murdered, and then the person who shoots him get off, you would think that you would be outraged. 
but I haven't seen one all lives matter person say anything. You've been silent. No Facebook statuses. No comments. Nothing. So maybe we can get rid of this farce that all lives matter to you. Because they don't. And if they do, if you're really somebody that believes in that, then it's time to show us. The instances where there have been white individuals murdered by the hands of police. Guess who protested those? Black Lives Matter. So, I'm hoping that if you are a proponent of all lives, you're just somebody that says that you don't see skin, you don't see skin tone, you only see the individual. Then I hope I can rely on your support at the next protest. Because this man, this legal gun owner, was just murdered by the hands of the government. I would think that that would piss you off. But this goes beyond just the police force. We've evolved past that now. To now, it's the whole judicial system. We have justices, judges, who are just about as corrupt as the police force. Don't believe me? Think I'm just making it up? Take this man, for example. Day 11, there was a ruling hat that this justice was being bought off by a prison system. Excuse me, not our, the for-profit prison system. Where he would get millions, has raked in millions. In order to give lengthy sentences to children. The longer that child stays in jail, the more cash that prison makes. He got sentenced to 28 years in prison for doing it. Do you want to tell me that he's the only one? That it's just a select few. Are you also going to ignore the, the actions and the statements that our own AG has said? Mr. Jeff Sessions, and I know that he's caught up in Russia right now. But I invite you to do a little bit of background research on him. And maybe there's a reason why Coretta Scott King wrote a personal letter saying that he should not become a judge. Again, the system is not broken. The system is working as it is designed to. And it is up to us to fix it. Because how many more? How many more names do we have to add before we do something? How many more people have to die before we all get outraged. 
Does it have to affect you personally before you act? Before you get morally outraged about it? Does someone in your family have to die before you, you stop blinking twice and move on? Before we just post our condolences on Facebook and then focus back on football and basketball and whatever else is going on. For each one of those names, that's a life that's affected. That's a family that has been affected. That's either a son, a daughter, a mother, a father, niece, nephew, whomever, that is no longer with that family. At what point do we do justice for them? This is, is, is really outdated. Really, really outdated, if you want to be honest. So how many more names got to be added to the board? Again, Phil was someone that was loved by his community who only had the bad situation of having a broken tail light. He'd been honest with the cop, remained calm, remained cool, remained collected, and still ended up with five rounds in his stomach and chest. His fiance, future wife, had to watch her husband die less than six inches away from her, and she couldn't even reach out and hold him. A four-year-old girl had just witnessed a murder and still had to have the mindset to calm down her mother so that she doesn't end up next. If this doesn't touch you, this doesn't reach down and make you mad to the bones, I don't know what will. If you don't think change needs to happen, you tell me what else can be done. Because I've run out of options. I can't tell my brother to just remain calm and nothing will happen to you. I can't guarantee that. I can't tell my brother, hey, just don't lose your cool. Just be respectful and the cop won't do anything. I can't say that. I can't tell my future son that as long as you stay humble, you can walk away from that situation alive. I no longer can give that guarantee. And we live in America. So now it's time for if you really have that love for this country that you claim that you do. You love to say that America is the best country hands down and wrap yourself up in that flag. Then for an injustice like this, that should call you to action. You should be demanding that your representative address this situation and pass legislation that will actually make a change. In the case of Sarah Bland, where they, they, it was even acknowledged that the cops did wrong. And legislation was trying to be built up. The end product 
was something that had nothing to do with what happened to Sarah Bland, but only dealt with mental illness. Let's try to say that Sarah Bland had something wrong with her. And that was seemingly no fault of the police department. It's time to hold this government to account. All the complaints that we, that we had when President Obama was in charge, but yet you still love the country, that's the same way I feel. Where I can have a great respect for the police force, but demand they be held to high standards because they have an authority. We can keep, again, excusing it, delaying it, tolerating it. But if we don't have this conversation and the man changes, then again, it will bubble up, it will fester until it gets out of control. So it's time for all lives to really matter. It's time for you to see me. Not just that you don't have to say that you don't see race and all that kind of jazz. See my race. See my skin tone. And still see me as an equal. That's all we're asking. We're not asking to be greater than you. We're not asking to have more than you. We're asking to be treated equal. To be seen equal like you. And if you are someone that, again, loves equality, loves freedom, loves liberty, then I ask you to stand with us. Because in spite of how much hate, intolerance, and injustice that this country can sometimes throw in our face, we still fight for this country. We still believe in this country. We still die for this country. And I would dare to say that our patriotism is more than yours. Now it's time to act. Don't let another dead body, another injustice, occur without you at least trying to hold a conversation. That's all that we're asking. That people like Walter Scott, who served the country, came back home, then end up getting shot four times in the back, see justice when injustice is done to them. He put on his uniform. He told the line. He fought for you. And now it's time for you to fight for him and every other individual who's had injustice done to them. That's the call. Thank you for tuning in to the show. Hopefully this will be a conversation that we continue to have. As always, we want to welcome your comments. Every Thursday at 8, comment live. We see them live. We're going to have you bringing on more people um, every week. 
hopefully we'll have more engaged in this conversation. Make sure that you like this video, share it, please. Also like and share our Facebook page. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Rick Grider underscore P2P. And also, we are on Snapchat and on iTunes as well. So if you can't catch us live, can't catch us on video, feel free to catch us on the go by subscribing to one of our podcasts. So next time, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you stay safe and stay blessed. Check us out next week. And until then, be safe, be blessed, and power to the people. That was good, huh? <laughs>